Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us today. The Bill Michael Show, hour number two. Underway, this portion of the program brought to you by good friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors in Wisconsin. Don't forget over the weekend, take your kids over to the uh, corners of Brookfield into the uh, showroom center over there. And they're uh, not only doing some trick-or-treating, but also, I talked to Gina today, as a matter of fact, but they're also doing some scratch-off for the parents, and uh, not scratch-off in the sense of take a whiff of that. Uh, they're doing scratch-offs for up to 35% off installation of the windows and doors. So if you're looking for a tremendous deal in upgrading your home right now, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Dot com. Joining us now on the hotline, our buddy Eric Baranchek is here. EB, how you been, buddy? Oh, I've been doing great. How about you? I'm good. I'm trying to talk myself. Last night I watched the game with Brady and company who are experiencing many of the same things the Packers are. And I thought, I'm going to watch this game with hope because if they can pull this game off, then maybe there's hope. And I walked away going, nope. Same stuff, some miscommunication, some bad throws. Offensive line doesn't block real well. Defense doesn't shut down the run. They're on the field far too long. Late in ball games, they give up points. It's almost a mirror image. If you just don't use the name Buccaneers, you could have been talking about the Packers last night. I don't have a lot of hope coming into Sunday. Do you? No, you could just – I agree with you. You could just switch the jerseys out and it'd be the same same thing. I think, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot there. I mean – this is, I think, the first time in Rogers' career, or at least for a very, very long time, that they got a, their double-digit dogs going in there. And I think it could be really, like, I mean, they could lose by 30 points. Don't you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, I, I think that they could keep it close. I think that, uh, you know, maybe God himself could come down and suddenly coach this team with Lombardi. I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect, but I do know one thing. This team's not playing very good making way too many mental, mental mistakes. And when we think about it, we go, well, you know what? If they just fix this, well, they got a lot to fix, don't they? Yeah, that's like that poor guy by the dam trying to plug up all the holes. Where, where, where do you even start? You know, right. on offense especially. It's just, it's, you know what? A, a victory for them would be if they came out and looked engaged like they were ready to win. I mean, you, 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 if you looked at the Ravens last night versus the Bucks. Which team looked like they were excited and wanted to play? I, Early I on, think, the Bucks defensively the... played well, and I thought, okay, this is the way you want to see a defense play. And then after a while, it was the same old, same old mistakes, hanging their head, and suddenly the uh, the Ravens were feeling it, and they looked amped and energized, and they just ran away with the game. The, the telltale sign for me last week with the Packers was in the secondary, you saw them looking around at each other, you know, putting their hands up. It's like, wait, okay. All right. yeah. you know what's going on now you know there's there's <clears throat> there's guys that are going cowboy and doing things because they want to make a stinking play and they vacate their zone and then there it is you know the guy's wide open running you know safeties aren't coming down because they want to make sure that they're there and um or, or they're come flying up on the run because they and that's the hard part when teams start running on you it puts so much pressure on those safeties because those guys want to come come up and they want to get off the field too. So they come flying up and then whoop, everyone goes up the up the up the seam on you or or outside and it's like you you should have been there, and then it could only be a step or two. And one of the things that you know, if you listen to Rogers in the past talk about, you know, it's out there on podcasts or whatever. He's not a big fan of putting guys in motion and all this motion stuff. It's just not he, – he's a West Coast guy, and that's what he likes. And 
what he grew up in, and, and now they're going to ask him to do all this motion because the motion is going to is designed to confuse linebackers and compete, confuse safeties because those guys do have run support and they do have to shift um, responsibilities based on motion. And when it's not when you're not doing it, and your 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 quarterback isn't 100 percent behind your offense, and it's you know they got to simplify it, and then you can say walk that back on Wednesday. There's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot going on there that I think is is not good right now. And I don't think – I think everybody wants to say, hey, let's trade for Chase Claypool and all that. That ain't going to fix it. It isn't – I don't think it's it's talent. It's There's something else going on there inside that locker room that it's it's not meshing, it's not gelling. That has to happen. Which is so baffling because the only thing they lost off of this offense is Devontae. Everything else is back plus some, and everything else is back defensively plus some, and yet this team seems completely dysfunctional. All right. You're you're, you're coaxing it out of me. Here it is. I think they lost a lot with Devontae Adams, and it's not just a a guy that you can line up and run a route. I think that those that Rodgers and Adams are on a different plane, and they worked outside of the play that was called. Hey, I want, I want, you know, they come back in between plays. I can do this, call the play, but I'm going to run this route. Now, no one's going to substantiate that, and no one's going to uh, come out and say, yeah, hey, hey, guess what, Eric's right. But if you look at it and you look at some of the stuff, there are very few receivers that can get off of the ball, maybe none that can get off the ball the way the way uh, Adams can. But, you know, he, he's got foot control down. He, he doesn't put his feet in the wrong spot, and he gets off the ball. Where you can take advantage of that and do little things. Hey, I got this guy on the inside. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shake hard, and then I'm gonna th- throw it to me on a quick slant. All right, you know, I think there's when when you lost Adams, you lost that portion of the game where he can say, I, I, "We need to pick up seven yards." All right, I'll do it. You know, those kind yeah. of things. Are, are the part of the offense that's missing. And I think when without Adams there, that's got to – I mean, what else can it be? Because just like you said, everybody's still there. The other thing, and I don't mean to just take over your show here, but the no, other go thing ahead. is, is this Stenovich went from being an offensive line coach to being an offensive coordinator, which generally speaking, offensive line coaches are usually pretty good offensive coordinators. So you, you move a coach around, and now their offensive line seems to be – you know, you, it's like it's like patching the holes in the dam, how do, how do you, or in the dike. You know, how do you, how can it go from last several years where you just insert a guy and the offensive line just is seamless? You know, there's a little bit, there was a little bit off the edge, but the guard center guard spot was just seamless. It was a wall, and now so you new offensive, same cast of characters, new offensive line coach, and it's not going very well. New offensive coordinator, and it's not gelling. So. Other than personnel, I think there's something to, you know, the coaching staff jumbling, and that's part of the NFL. Someone gets hot, you win, you win 13 games three years in a row, and, hey, who's the offensive coordinator? I want you. You know, so those are some of the things that are playing that you got to be able to take in, into account other than personnel. You know, what's going on in the, in, behind closed doors has is, is got to be different, and it's not working. So you, you bring up a point where you say, okay, if you go out and get a Claypool or anybody else for that matter – are you surprised that Gutekinst has not made a deal? I think if the Packers are seven and one, they probably do. Right? I think if you know the last three games, 
you know, when you look at, and we all do this, you look at the schedule, win, win, loss, loss. I think most people had that as a, the last three games as wins. And I think that, you know, Green Bay too. I mean, those guys are, you know, they're sitting around thinking, I think if they're seven and one or six and two, yeah, maybe, maybe they make a deal. But at three and four, do I make a deal? If, if, if it looks like my team isn't going to win much, I don't know. Are, are the pieces there? What's go- We're not in the building. so I, More so than just what's out on the field, there's a lot of stuff. When you're making these decisions, you've got to take everything into account because I'm going to give up a second-round pick for this guy. i got to make sure that I got what's going on in, in, behind Colin's doors I, you know, and what's on the field. Just putting that guy out there and you and your quarterback talks about building relationships and building trust. Now it's midseason and you're going to somehow put the, put this guy into that meat grinder and he's got to somehow have the opportunity to, uh, in a very short period of time, to to uh, bond with the quarterback. I, I just don't think, I don't think right now that's that's the the right answer. The answer is to try to get these guys to be competitive, try to get some excitement. But make them, you know, if you can get those guys to go out there and want to play and play hard, that's that's a bigger win than bringing bringing some other guy who's unknown commodity into your building. I, uh, I, if you get Chase Claypool and you get him for longer than just this year for a second round draft choice, a guy that is proven versus some of the guys that you have drafted, would you not do that though? Uh, how many more games are you going to win? Well, you then again, you, you could mean, also start building towards next year, I guess, too, if you're going to keep him around. Right. But then I keep my draft pick because that guy's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper than this guy. If I get a second-round draft pick, I got four years. I got I can basically give him minimum wage, right? If I get him, I get him for a year and a half, and then I got to pay him. And, you got, I mean, the salary cap is always going to be an issue with this football team until uh, till 12 is off the field. You know, it's it's always going to be out there. So you got to mix that into the equation too. And are they good enough to get to the Super Bowl by adding that one piece? Because you got two, yeah. two, two good, three good, decent receivers that are going to be good next year. Or hopefully, they're going to take a step. Most receivers do. Um, that are going to take a next step next year. And and you know, maybe they're circling next year as the year that they're going to compete for a Super Bowl and know that this year was just, hey, we're going to going to try to try to look good, put a good product out there, and see what happens. Are you cutting Bakhtiari at the end of the year regardless? Yep. I don't think there's any chance of him being around. I mean, how many more? I mean, you can't you can't continue to do this, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out. And, you know, for him, think about it in his point of view. He's got, a, what, 50, 60 million bucks. Do I really want to go out there with my knee? And, and, and you know, some guys are blue-collar guys that will fight and want to go out there and be uh you know do whatever they can to get out there but something there tells me uh, i am not so sure i'm not sold on it but i think it's i, I think you're cutting him you gotta if you're gonna pay that guy that kind of money you got he's got to be there 17 weeks do you think that it, let's just say he comes back and plays well the second half of the season is there any shot of him see because i don't think there is i think you need the money so, and I don't think you restructure many more deals. So, I think at that point in time, you probably just cut them loose and you gain six million bucks. You're already three over the cap going into next season. You're going to need all the money you can get yet again. I, do you go ahead and, and make that deal and cut him back? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's pretty significant injury, obviously. And right. uh, you know, he was out all last year and a little bit this year already. I I think it's some guys, Bill, just don't come back. And that 
this might be one of those cases, as much as we all like him and, you know, he's a fan favorite and he can chug beer and all that good stuff. But I, I don't think um, just putting him down as a player, I mean, is he the best left, best left tackle in the league right now? I don't think so. No. You know, two years ago, probably. But this year, yeah, I need money because they're going to have to they – got, they got contracts that are coming due that they're going to have to make some tough decisions on. And if you don't have any money, it's really difficult to even make any decisions. So I, I think you got to – I think it's – unless all of a sudden he comes up and he's, you know, block three guys and, you know, I just don't see it happening. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette and Eric Branchek one over on Twitter. Uh, the game coming up, go to the defensive side of the football. We've seen a team play pretty well in the first half, get burned up in the second half. Maybe it's because they're on the field far too long because of an inept offense. But give me your thoughts, Joe Barry's defense so far this season that was supposed to be better and isn't. I think it's a couple of things. First of all, they're, they're grasping at straws. you know. So right now they're – in the last couple of weeks, you saw them being more aggressive on the edge, uh, sending linebackers, sending safety, sending nickels, um, moving around Alexander uh, in certain situations. Uh, what I'd like to see them do differently is on short yardage, third and three, third and four, to play play tighter. Um, I mean, geez, you only got three yards to cover a guy, cover him. Um, but that's and you got guys that can do it. I saw, you see some frustration in the secondary after a, after a long pass play. Guys looking at each other, looking around. That's never good because now we got a situation where you know now it's now it could bleed over into the locker room and make it even worse. And I think this, the the second part is is the part that nobody ever really gives any credence to, and that's special teams. And when and you know this, whenever there's a big special teams play, that defense comes running out there, and they're you know they're hell bent for election. And when it's, you know, your, your special teams are giving up big runs, it's like, ah, oh, here we go again. You know, the mental side and momentum side of football is, is really difficult um, for people to grasp unless you're out on the field or you, you get it from playing in some other sport. But there are the, you, that defense, if you're going to be successful, you've got to have that, that inner drive that you're, we're stopping these guys no matter what. They are not getting six on us. And it, it shows. When you are playing that way, it shows, and they're not playing that way. It's just the excitement level, the you know, it just isn't there, and, and something's missing. And could it be schematically? I, I think there's something to that, uh, but I, I think you know the whole dynamics needs to be examined because they're just not performing. And I think special teams is one area that affects the defense probably more than anything else. Always good, my friend. Uh, give me real quick. Give me, uh, give me who wins this game and by how much. <laughs> uh, That's not a good laugh. But the Bills are good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Uh, Bills are going to win probably by minimum two touchdowns. There you go. Eric, I wish you were the bearer of better news, but I think you're living in a reality that a lot of us don't want to live in right now. But I appreciate it as no. always, buddy. We'll talk again uh, on Monday, okay? Yeah, I, we will, and I, I look forward to it. Thanks again for having me on. Enjoy your, the rest of your weekend. Appreciate it, bud. There you go. That's our pal Eric Branchek breaking it down. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, there none of it's good. None of it. And, and he and I are in complete agreement. There is something beyond the walls of 1265, something that's 
or behind the walls, something there that is just it's it's taking this team down like a boat anchor. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it is something as simple as, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that symbiotic relationship. And, and, and if he, you know, as Eric put it, he said, look, he and Devontae are on a different plane, right? He, he and Devontae are on a different plane. And that level elevated those around him. And that level also was a safety blanket for Aaron Rodgers. Because when he said, I need seven, he went and got seven. Right? He doesn't have that guy anymore. And, yeah, we can complain about him not being in OTAs and minicamps, and maybe it would have helped him, maybe it wouldn't have. I, I don't know. It certainly couldn't hurt. I know that. But when you don't have that guy, you don't throw your hands in the air and go, nobody else has it. Don't you try to elevate those around you? Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe that's what he's doing by pointing things out, saying if guys don't get smart, they lose reps. If if we don't have this guy or this guy or this guy do what their job is supposed to be, we can lose with anybody. Let's bring somebody else in. Maybe that's an understanding. But I also think that you cannot, as a general manager, watch that ship begin to take on water and do nothing with what you believe to be a good roster. I mean, after all, they're your picks. These are your guys. This is now your team. Your head coach, your staff, this is all your guys. And you're watching it take on water and you're not doing anything. You're just watching it and it's sinking and you're you're just sitting there going, well, you know, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah, it's it's a little disconcerting. I would agree with many of you. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Quick Trip. Quick Trip, by the way, they have the opening drive contest. And at Quick Trip, you know what that means, uh, just like I did today, as a matter of fact. Drive up to Quick Trip. When you get there, you're going to get gas. you got to get gas anyway, right? So you get there to get gas. You get, you get out of the car, and it says, type in your Quick Rewards number. And you go, boop, boop, boop. Type it in, and then you start to fill up. You are then automatically registered for the opening drive contest. Do you know what that is? That means that one winner each week is chosen for the Packers game, and the Packers opening drive, you can win cash, $10, 10 bucks worth of cash per yard for every yard garnered on the opening drive of the Green Bay Packers. And, oh, my God, if they score, you can get up to 500 bucks. Oh, it's that nice. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Good stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. Stop in, tell them we said hi. Hey, I got to say hi to our buddy uh, Josh Eilish. And uh, Josh is the director out there, and I I hope I get this right, of Oktoberfest in uh, La Crosse. Josh, uh, it was his big 5-0 yesterday. And he sent me a text. I was talking to him. And I I feel really bad because I forgot to wish him happy birthday. He treated us so well at Oktoberfest out in La Crosse this past year. And I, I, I missed it. So today I'm making up for it. Josh, happy belated birthday. Happy belated 5-0. I'm sure some, you're probably roaming all by yourself the Oktoberfest grounds right now going, I'm going to tap something. Just open up a keg, put your mouth under it, enjoy yourself. 
There you go. So happy 50th birthday to our buddy Josh out there and uh, on the Oktoberfest grounds out in lacrosse. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are looking for this time of year, you're going to start thinking about uh, how are my tires, right? How are my tires? My tires good? Uh, If they're not, you know the snow's coming. You know icy conditions are going to be here. You better get some good tires on your vehicle. And you head out to my buddy uh, Lyle out there at J&L Tire Service in Johnson Creek and also in Watertown. They're fantastic. They've got all different brands. They specialize in Goodyear, but they have different brands for different makes, different models, whatever it is your needs are. Uh, I suggest stopping by, whether you're an over-the-road driver, soccer mom hauling the kids around, out on the road for sales, whatever it may be, stop out and see our gang out at jandltire.com, jandltire.com. Say hi to Lyle. And remember, uh, a lot of people do work out there, get their work done out there, but uh, they also are great philanthropists in the uh, community, do a lot of great stuff. So stop in. And and like I said, whether you're an over-the-road driver with a big rig or you're just out on the road in a small little bebopper around uh, for sales, whatever it happens to be, they can help you out. Oil changes, major work, maintenance, tires, you name it, they can do it. That's jnltire.com. JNL Tire, just north of 94 in the Johnson Creek exit. You can't miss it right there from the highway. Uh, boy, there's uh, um, a lot of calls. Let's let's get to the phone calls. Uh, Rusty listening to us in Fond du Lac. Rusty, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Good. How are you? I'm great, man. What's on your mind? My what's on my mind? I'm just thinking, you know, this all this stuff with Tom Brady. I think it's all the off-field stuff, which uh, is really starting to uh, take a toll on him. Mm-hmm. Plus, maybe, plus maybe he's uh, looking like a 45-year-old quarterback. You know, I wouldn't disagree at all. I mean, 45 years old and going through the emotional turmoil of a long-time marriage ending. I I can't imagine that not taking a toll on you. I think I think that's yeah taking a lot more toll on him than uh, you know he's going to admit you know. Mm-hmm. So yep, one hundred percent. I enjoy Tom Brady. I enjoy Tom Brady. He's a great you know he's a champion. I respect him, but uh, you know he's forty five years old. Maybe it's time. Yep, yep. He probably came back for one extra year just because. Appreciate the phone call. I will say one thing. I had a conversation. This was years ago. Wayne Larravee and I were talking. And uh, and I don't think I'm saying anything out of school, so I, I don't think Wayne would be upset. But Wayne and I were talking. We were talking about great players um, and how great, I mean, really great players. You almost have to pry the football or the basketball or the baseball out of their hands. They just, they just, that's all they've ever known is eating, breathing, sleeping, studying, working on their game and the game. And like Jordan, like Walter Payton, you know, Wayne had been around both. He said, you just, you know, sometimes you want to see him go out on a high note and with this level of dignity, and they just want to keep coming back because they got something to prove and they want to prove everybody wrong. And you almost got to rip the ball out of their hands. Maybe this was that year. And maybe that's what Giselle tried to do. She tried to rip the ball out of his hands and say, no, you, you can't. You're done. You know, it's you got to stop. And he just wouldn't. And maybe that was the uh, the fine. I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But 
Um, when you look at the greatest of the greats and some of the greatest to ever play the game and the way they exited the game, uh, very few go out on top. Very few. They get traded away. You watch their bodies break down. They, they're, they're, they're name only going into another franchise. Brady didn't do that. He accomplished something in Tampa Bay. He made a good run. Last year, he left with a bad taste in his mouth, but he had a hell of a run at the age of 44. And maybe at the age of 45, without Gronk and such, it's obvious probably this year was not the year to come back. I mean, who knew how many injuries you'd have? But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's it's tough to watch. You know, it was tough to watch Namath and his knees break down. I mean, you, you saw that Joe Montana had success in Kansas City, but that was limited. Favre had success in, in Minnesota. That was limited. Remember, Favre left the field in a fetal position on that TCF Bank Stadium field, you know, all curled up in the cold, looking like he was miserable. And that was a hell of a last shot of him ever leaving the field. Emmett Smith, the same way when he went on to the Cardinals and, you know, just – you look at some of the greatest of the greats, and they still believe they got it. And the teams are like, eh, the money outweighs the productivity, and ego gets in the way. And I get it. I understand that. But you just hate to see it go out like that. Rodgers, I still believe, has more football left in him. I just think that he has to, at age 39, he's got to morph. He can't just say, I'm the best, therefore I am. Um, he's got to morph, man. And and sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 Real quick, I'll get one more in here before we take a break. Uh, and don't I'll get to everybody. So Tony and everybody on hold, hang in there. Steve, listening to us in lacrosse. Steve, how you doing today, man? What's up? Hey, how's it going, bro? Uh, Good. What's on your mind? Really, really like your show. Appreciate it. Um, first off, if the Packers aren't going to make a move, isn't it time for them to become sellers? And if they can become sellers, don't you say Rodgers is up for sale. You at least have to get something for him before he retires. Yeah, that's – that's I, I, I mean, as a businessman, yes. Remember Rodgers said he would commit and remain a Packer and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, let me ask you this. Do you become a seller if you believe this roster is good? I don't think this roster is good. So, yeah. I'd be oh, okay. What what part of the roster do you think is bad or weak? Offensive line, wide receiver core. Okay. That's fair enough because they have not been, neither have played very well. Completely, uh, I, I completely understand that. Appreciate the phone call. That's a good point. Let's talk about that when we come back. Should the Packers be sellers, especially if they get blown out on Sunday night? Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. You're probably going to do a little barbecuing over the weekend. Go to burnpitbbq.com. Veteran-owned right here in the state of Wisconsin, Racine, Wisconsin, to be exact. Burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.